Welcome to the new media show. We're back. Doing the new media show again. People are actually going to listen to this junk. We do it live. We're live right now. We'll just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. We just can't get enough. The new media show. Let's go. Just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. Bada bing, bada boom. The new media show. We do it live. Just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. We're going live. The new media show. I'm like Adam Curry, and you're more like John C. Tavora. I think I am Adam Curry, and you're the old curmudgeon. We do it live on the new media show again. The new media show. Technology. We make it sound so special. Well, Rob, here we are again with a new media show. How are you? I'm doing terrific, Todd. It's great to be back doing the show again for, yeah, how many episodes is it now? I think we're up to 540 something. 547. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's, um, this might be 545. So <laughs> I have to look, but you know, it's, it's a number. It's a number. And we have taken uh, quite a few days off of the show over the years. That's, that's why the number probably isn't even a lot higher than that. <laughs> right. That's very, very true. Well, Todd, there, there's been a lot of stuff happening in the, in the medium over the last week or so. It's kind of, kind of surprising. So I, I kind of dug through and found some some hot topics for us to talk about on the show today. So I'm excited for these topics because they're really going to uncover a whole bunch of new elements. And I'm sure that you're you're probably seeing the same thing. You know, I've had my head down. <laughs> so I've just, yeah, just been reading what's been going on with the, yeah. you know, in pod news and, yeah, and that sure. kind of stuff. But yeah. uh you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, and it's surprising there's as much going on as there is, uh, yeah. being, you know, that it's, you know, middle of the summer here. Yeah. So I guess it, it, it's indicative that this, this medium is still charging forward and doing, doing well, but we continue to see, um, layoffs too. So that, that's the thing, you know, with like a Spotify. Right. So, Maybe that's more of a of a reflection of um, overinvestment <laughs> as compared to the the opportunity because they were kind of looking to the future of seeing a lot of growth. But mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, Spotify let go of two hundred people um, just specific to, specifically in their podcast area. Right. Exactly. So yeah. that's that is if there ever was a clear indication that there's a advertising revenue challenge. That would be, that would be the one right there. Um, that's a that's a big big reduction in the production side and some reorganization and some new leadership and all sorts of stuff going on over there. So, yeah, it's it's actually it's act, well, you know, I'm hearing I'm seeing all the social posts by people yeah. that are like I was part of the drawdown and part of the cut and uh, you know, so it's I guess from that perspective, I'm. You know, I, I don't know if I call me, am I surprised really? You know, because they don't have that deep of a pool and I don't know what, if it was a combination of what Gimlet and who the cuts didn't come from uh megaphone came from where it came from Gimlet and Paracast. Yeah, exactly. It was more on the content production side. Um, a lot of consolidation going on there. On that side, yeah. So that just tells you that maybe the advertising piece is doing okay, but the content production side is, uh, you know, waffling. 
Well, that and maybe they're not growing the audience that they need to pay for the staff that they have, or um, just the advertisers aren't um, aren't there as much as they were prior. So it's you know it's got to be one of the two. And I I have heard many people in the industry say that there there has been a significant drawdown in advertising um, buys and campaigns and things like that. So I don't know if you're seeing it, Todd, on your platform or 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 not. I mean, it, as we've seen in the past, these these indications can vary wild, wildly between different players in the industry. Well, from the programmatic side, I see no change. You know, mm-hmm. we continue to add podcasters to um, that are enabling programmatic, and they're yeah. getting paid. So, right. from that perspective, the numbers continue to go up. And, you know, maybe it's a it's an indication of just adding more people, the numbers going up, but I don't really see a decline in inventory. So that's good. That's good to see. So, you know, again, we're, we're working with Soundstack, so I don't control that piece. They, they're the ones that do the fill. So Mm -hmm. from my perspective, you know, we just set it and forget it and we get a report at the end of the month and we, we write the checks and, you know, uh, horse swap money and it, it, uh, you know, it works out. Well, as long as the the, the revenue is still coming into your advertisers through this this program, um, you know the programmatic stuff. It's that's fantastic news. That also is an indication that maybe the advertisers are looking for more value in their buys. So maybe what we've seen is a reduction in the the host read buys, which tend to be a little higher CPM. Right. Well, I, I did hear um, I was getting caught up on some podcasts, and I did hear the. One of the team, I don't know if it was the founder or who it was from Red Circle, said that they felt programmatic was being a little softer mm-hmm. currently. Well, I'm sure it um, is. But, you know, from my perspective, it, it doesn't look like it's softening. But again, um, you know, we're dealing with uh, probably much, much lower numbers than what, you know, if you have a staff, you know, we're a team of uh, under 20. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you, you know, when you hear that they're cutting 200, that's uh you have to have a serious amount of revenue coming in to to meet the expectations of of a payroll like that of a right? payroll of two hundred that you know yeah. that's that's a that's a big number and you probably think that if you think about what uh what they pay there's probably you know probably minimum salary over there was probably a hundred thousand dollars at least mm-hmm. and uh, you know maybe not for some staff members but let's just take an average of a hundred k a year. And uh, you multiply that out by two hundred. That that's a that's that's a number. You know, that's a big number. Yeah. And if you're on the content creation staff and you have to create hit after hit, and you have to drive audience and drive numbers. If they're not doing that, if not creating original content, you look at all the content they didn't create that they said they were going to, and yeah, and then the budgets that they're placing against some of these shows. You know, that's a, you know, for an independent podcaster, it's a, you know, it's, it's, if someone says to, if someone called me and said, Hey, Todd, uh, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we're going to produce your show for you and, uh, it's going to cost you $5,000 an episode. Mm -hmm. You know, I would just, I'd hang up on them, but that's what they were, you know, that's what the overhead costs on some of those show productions were, um, huge, huge money. So, you know, not only do you have huge overhead for salaries and you have huge production costs and then look what you, then 
you take that baseline, let's say it's $5,000 an episode. And maybe that's not even, maybe that's talent cost everything. That means that show has to produce. And with the staff that was behind it, let's say there's six or seven people. Mm-hmm. You take their salaries. You take the production costs per episode. All of a sudden, now that show's got to produce $25,000, in revenue per episode to even make sense. Yeah. And, and guess what? If you're building brand new content and trying to uh, garner new audiences, uh, that's easier said than done. I would never, ever want to have to be in the business of having to create hits like television shows. Who, who wants who wants to be in that business where you are going to do a pilot to two or three or four or five and then say, okay, nope, that didn't work. You know, most podcasts take hundreds of episodes to garner huge audiences. So if they're trying to create a, a, a one hit, you know, they're trying to create a serial every time, they're not going to do it. So, yeah. and again, I don't know what everyone's roles over there were. They got cut, but sounds to me like um, they just weren't creating hits. Well, that's that's the challenge, and it's also an interesting opportunity for the podcast space. You know, you think about all those creators, all those producers, all those hosts or whatever that are getting getting let go. Right? What are they likely to do after they leave? They're they're going to obviously look for a new new position somewhere, or they're going to start their own production company, right, and start producing their own shows or be a consultant to other shows. Um, so this could be, you know, it's kind of like a reshuffling of the chairs on the deck, right? Um, people are, you know, so we could come out of this with kind of like a renewed energy around independent producers too, that are creating new shows that are independent from the big networks. So, so they've, you know, what Spotify and what these bigger companies have done is absorb a lot of the talent from the media medium of podcasting into their kind of pool of creators and have been creating shows for their particular platform. But if they're let go, they're free to do, you know, their own thing. So we may see a, a influx of this. And I think we saw this, we're going to see this on the technology side with a lot of tech companies because a lot of tech workers have been let go. And I think what a lot of those folks are going to do is go off and create their own startup or they're going to create their own AI company. And so what, what this oftentimes creates is kind of like this explosion of smaller companies that are starting up, trying to um, establish themselves. Um, Some will fail, some will make it, um, but it could create a completely new industry of podcasting as we look, you know, two or three years from now. Um, there could be, it could be a significant uh, change and that this is kind of a good lead in to what I wanted to talk about next was, um, is mainstream media kind of dying off? Um, as you look at major networks, major, major media sources right now are increasingly, uh, losing the trust with their audiences. Um, can they be believed for what they're telling us? Are they, you know, are they part of, you know, telling, you know, less than truths out there about what's happening in the world. And, and that's driving people to independent media increasingly. And thus 
kind of plays off this thing I was talking about before about independent producers um, having a leg up. I mean, I think we're starting to see, you know, I don't know if you saw Tucker Carlson just launched his, his new Twitter show. I don't know if you've seen that or not, but it's had 60 million views of his new Twitter show. (laughs) That's That's like, that's like exponentially uh, bigger than his Fox news show. So, well, that's, um, it's a number. And, but I do want to come back to one thing you you said, Yeah. and I've actually got to thinking this week a little bit based upon some discussions from my team in our rant channel. Um, you, you know, you asked me last week if we think podcast consultants should have a, an exam (laughs) and uh, based on a couple of calls this week, um, I think so. You know, not that they're going to ever take one. But, well, and should uh, a podcast consultant actually have their own show, right? Right, right. That I, was the I, other piece of what we talked about. And, and it was it, and because it was very obvious. Um, I won't go into the details, but it was a very common podcast one-on-one thing that my support team said to a matter of fact, not one, but two podcast consultants for one show that were on a tech support call Mm -hmm. and uh, Mike said a certain phrase, a certain term. And both of the consultants were like deer in the headlights. And they were, and he says, what do you mean? You don't understand that. You know, what do you, what do you mean that you don't understand what I'm talking about? And, uh, and it was, it was in, and, you know, Mike's kind of like doing the head slap, right? So he had to kind of go through and explain this podcast one-on-one thing to these two individuals. And the host was also on the call. And, uh, and you know, Mike's being politically correct and nice. And, you know, and it's just uh, one thing's for sure. If you are a good podcast consultant, if you are educated about the podcasting space, nuts to bolts, you, you just, you know, you, it ta- it's more than being an editor. Right. Right. And, yeah. it, and, and this was a very simple thing that is if, if a client would have come to me and said, and of course that's unfair because I've probably seen every scenario of st- stupidity out there. And Mike has too. And, and I was, um, it was one of those situations where in like three seconds, I said, well, here's the problem, you know, and yet two consultants had to get my support team on the call. We had to explain, spend 15, 20 minutes with them explaining what the issue was. And literally it was a very, very simple fix, but the, the so-called consultant had nary a clue, nary a clue where to even uh, start. So yeah. I think what will happen then is if these individuals that were laid off, if they don't get rehired into other groups, the, I think you're right. They'll probably start businesses and maybe we'll see some of those folks at podcast movement. Um, you know, I know that the amount of email coming into my inbox asking me, are we hiring has went up mm-hmm. exponentially from people <laughs> that I have never heard of before had no idea, you know, I'm an ex-employee over here, or I'm an ex-employee there, I'm, I used to work here, and I had nary a clue who they, who they are, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, we're not hiring. You know, I, I, I don't need to hire anybody right now. So, um, yeah. So it's, it is kind of an interesting time. Yeah. And it, I don't know if you saw the article um, that was talking about Marty Michael from Gumball. I don't know if you've ever heard of. What I've heard Marty of Michael. Gumball, but I don't know if I've heard of him. Um, yeah. I worked with Marty when he was just getting started with that, that network um, when I was working at Spreaker. Um, but he was talking about how Gumball has integrated what all of their podcasting stuff that they're doing. So they started out as kind of like a younger comedy kind of, uh, it was called Headgum, um, building out all these shows. Like they had like 25 shows or whatever that were primarily just audio, right? And they were doing live, live events, live shows. This was all prior to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, and what they've increasingly done is shift over to doing more YouTube stuff. So they're, they're combining, they're increasingly, and this is a network that's looks like is starting to work on trying to solve this, this dilemma of, you know, an audio podcast being successful as a, as a video show on YouTube. So, so and then selling that to advertisers. And I know that, um, that when I was at uh, Lipson, the advertised cast folks were merging those, those YouTube numbers in with their pitches to advertisers increasingly. So I would imagine they're doing it more, but that's, that's the game that he's playing. So, so they're actively trying to find YouTubers that are successful on YouTubers and getting them to create audio programs as well. So you've got this convergence that's, that's happening. And that's kind of a little bit what I'm playing with, with my new trust factor show that I'm doing or making a video show, but having it also available, um, as an audio podcast too. So um, trying to work on that. Now, granted um, there's many in the industry that don't necessarily like the fact that we're seeing YouTube um, aggressively um, name and get involved in podcasting, because I I think that there's some in the industry that have stated that there that could be disastrous for the podcast industry to have YouTube um, really kind of take over dominance of, the listenership side of podcasting and monetization. Well, if they have success in, in moving those shows to that mm-hmm. medium, then, you know, that's a good business model. That's something that I don't think a lot of other people are doing. Yeah. And I just, I think that's kind of at the cutting edge of where this medium is that people are, you know, enthusiastic about YouTube and enthusiastic about um, this convergence. Um, and, and then I'm also hearing increasing conversation around the convergence between radio and podcasting more. Um, and I've heard some from the radio industry that are starting to spout that, uh, you know, re creating shows um, that are digital first and then formatting them in a way that they could be also distributed as radio shows as well as podcasts. And I think that the NPR folks have kind of pioneered that approach to some degree, but, but, you know, so I think this era is about convergence somewhat. And I mm-hmm. think also about um, trying to find ways of repurposing content um, into various platforms as well, whether it be shorts or full length um, episodes and being able to somehow figure out ways to monetize them on all these platforms. Well, I'm glad I don't have that issue. <laughs> 
it's, of having to and then there's AI, do all uh, that. Yeah, let's. <laughs> we, we've been down that road a little too deep here recently. We don't need to go. We beat that that horse dead, that dead, dead horse quite a bit. Right, right. So this past week, I've also had uh, Apple announcing um, iOS 17, which isn't going to officially come out till the fall. Um, but uh, I guess there's some significant upgrades to the Apple Podcast feature set, Todd. I don't know if you read through that um, that announcement, but uh, and also Apple Music Radio is actually going to be integrated into the podcast app. Which I so, don't know if that's a great idea. That's just going to dilute. I think it's uh, a competitive effort to Spotify is what it is, I think. Yeah, but it's, I think it's still going to dilute the the space. I, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I, have, I have mixed emotions on, on that. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it's, podcasters are having a hard enough time already being found in the podcasting app, and now they're going to add music to it? Come on. Bad move. It's a bad move. Yeah. I just don't think it's a good move. They have a, they have a music app. So. Yes. Yeah. So we got a comment from uh, Ivo who said, also in the Netherlands, there, there is a radio station, a commercial radio station that converted a podcast to a radio show. Um, I mean, the, the concept of repurposing uh, a podcast on, on the radio isn't kind of something new, but it's, it's typically gone the other way, right? You, you create a radio show and then you repurpose it out as a podcast. But increasingly I'm, I'm hearing that this is happening more and more where, or it's going the other way, which may be a better approach. I don't know what you think, Todd. Uh, you know, radio stations have been attempting to do this a little bit, but there's not that there's not been that many that have done it successfully. Yeah, um, because that that re they take the radio program and try to make it into a podcast. It, it never seems to completely. Um get the vibe. It still feels like it's radio versus being a podcast oftentimes and not. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's a delicate line to watch um, and to actually do. And we'll see. I mean, I'm going to follow it pr pretty closely, but to get back to the Apple podcast um, um, thing, they're going to upgrade, I guess, the search uh, capability of the platform, which is always a good thing. Right. Um, so they're, they're going to be looking for other other fields and other areas in the metadata to produce better better results. Plus, they're going to finally, Todd, they're going to support their own ecosystem finally uh, in their namespace and actually display episode art. So, you know, that's been a component of their namespace for I don't know how many years now, Todd. <laughs> years and years and years and years and years. Right, and they are just now, you know, embracing the. The episode art, um, so, so that's you know, and, and that's gonna, too. you know, that's going to open up a whole business realm, um, you know, because you know I've been fortunate enough on my tech show to have people submit, you know, a variety of album art. I have over a hundred pieces of album art that I can rotate in. As a matter of fact, every episode I put a different uh, album art in for the episode. Though this show, you know, we don't have that depth of of album art. So maybe if you're a listener of the show and you have some artistic cap artistic capabilities, we will, uh, we can start adding, um, 
you know, we could start doing episode art on this show. Matter of fact, if you, if you do episode art for us and we use it in the show, we'll put you in the value split for the value for value. We'll, we'll give you a, we'll give you a value split um, of the, of the episodes, you know, earnings from value for value. Yeah, that'd be great. But I guess all these upgrades are coming to um, all of the, the, the OSs for, for Apple. They have the, the iPad um, OS, the Mac OS, watch OS, and the TV OS. So Apple has a lot of OSs, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> and, and soon some, you know, 3499 Wear OS or whatever they're calling it. So Right. Well, that's that's the other big announcement is their their AR glasses that they they announced uh, this past week too. And I I'm curious on how that's going to be around the consumption of uh a video podcasts. So well, the challenge $3500 who has who has Rob, who has 3500 bucks? Well, it's laying around to do AR glasses. You know, there's, there's, there've been all kinds of, it's a lot of money. I've heard some people say that, um, if you don't own like a 72 inch television or something like that, flat screen television that can cost, you know, two or $3,000, this could be a way that you could upgrade your, your TV viewing experience to a hundred plus, um, virtual screen um so you know, who wants to sit with something on their the head upside. right you know, I, I, it's just it, to me it's it's cool and it has some utility but to me it's like it's just another part of the apple ecosystem where you're paying homage to to the to the mac and you, you know you're shelling out thousands of dollars a year for 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 upgrades and uh Right in this day and age, I don't know if people are going to be. I think there'll be a subset of people that'll rush to get one because they got to have everything Mac oh, yeah. anyway. Yeah. But not me. Well, and I did see in their their demo in their presentation that they demoed being able to take like uh, FaceTime calls and right and like Zoom calls. I just wonder what the image looks like going back to them. <laughs> Because you don't have like a webcam in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. So how does that work? Or is it going to be, a, you know, like a virtual version of yourself or something like that? That's going to be sitting there looking like a dork <laughs> with a headset on top of your head. Right. It's going to be auto generated from the AI, right? That's going to be integrated. into. And this. part of the challenge has always been with these is people that wear glasses are always at a disadvantage and wearing these types of devices, uh, you know, if you have good vision, it, they seem to work really well. It was just like with the Apple Glass or whatever they called it for a while. If you didn't wear glasses, you know, it was a great product to have fun with. But if you wore glasses, you're stumbling around blind because getting a prescription version of those was just insanely expensive. Yeah, well, that's I guess this device has that ability too. you can get prescription lenses f- for being able to look into the device. Um, but, but I, and I guess no. uh, you can see the person's eyes um, on the other side. So when a person enters the room, you can see that person through its cameras. Mm. Um, but in, you, you can also see that person that's walking in the room can see your eyes through the the lens. Mm. So, well, iOS seventeen. I think yep. my biggest excitement is the episode album art support. I right, think that's, I think that's going to be big. Um, 
So, you know, there's, there's all kinds of uh, fun things you can do with that. Yeah. And that update's not going to be available on your iOS device until um, the fall. So it's usually like in late August or right. early September. I did see some people that already loaded the beta up. I think, I think I saw some posts on people that played with the yeah. beta, but I wouldn't load beta. Anything no, on my, no. On my primary device. <laughs> no, it's a l- little early for that. So yep. my, my days of uh, wanting to, uh, to do that is gone. Hey, you want to thank uh, Papa HD for the uh, one, two, three, four boost. He's listening on fountain. So thanks for, uh, for tuning yeah. in today and, uh, and, and listening live and boosting. We are lit and live in the podcast 2.0 space by using one of those new fangled dangled, podcast apps at podcastapps.com. And what's the beauty of this right now is a lot more apps are starting to add the live function. So I think we're up to five or six apps now that support uh, lit and live. So uh, it continues to grow. I think Pocket Cast is in that group now as well. So yeah, so if if, so you're going to be able to experience us in the app live and if you want you can boost the show so uh thanks papa hd for the uh for the boost here about 20 minutes ago so todd i also noticed that uh downloads from apple podcasts are at an all-time high i guess according to bus sprouts um stats for for may so i don't know if you're seeing the same thing i haven't looked and i know we made some changes based upon you know some of the stuff that was going on with apple core media so i haven't been in a looked at uh mm-hmm. at may's numbers but uh you can bet you more define what is actually apple podcast now right it's separating the apple core media stuff from from those numbers um which so what it, did buzzsprout given- actually give numbers uh, I didn't actually see that specifically. Let's see here. Um, if I can see that. Let's see here if they gave some numbers on that. On um, No, I didn't. I, I don't yeah, have they, a shortcut to that. Yeah, they didn't actually do it. But one thing has not changed is the number of shows being published in the last 30 days. That number is still down. We're still around 360,000 uh, for the last 30 days. And what's more interesting is the number of shows that are producing episodes in the last 90 days is down significantly as well. So mm. that's down to 508,000 shows have published a new episode in the last 90 days, 447,000 less 63, 67 in the last 30, 254 in the last 10, 123,000 in the last three days. So, so are you surprised by that, Todd? No, I'm not surprised at all. Okay. Not in the least. Why is that? Um, I mean, you know, you I'm just I'm just using the bellwether of what we're doing in sales. Oh. You know, I'm just I'm just looking at our numbers. And uh you know, we fortunately my my I guess for for a better word, my uh what's the word I want to use? Revenue line is still creeping up mm-hmm. and we're still putting more people in than we're losing. So, you know, that's a key metric for me and I'm right. watching it month to month to month to month to see what's happening and see if that gap is getting bigger because mm-hmm. obviously you want the line to go, you know, North a little faster than it goes South. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 
So overall, I'm pretty pleased. Um, and also people are taking advantage of our add-on services too. So that helps as well. Matter of fact, um, we've seen a big growth in, in some of our add-on services and people using, um, you know, adding additional services to their current plan. So that, you know, that helps the bottom line too. So what do you think is going on out there, Todd? Is, is it just that there's fewer um, new shows or the shows that have been active over the last, maybe the last year, whatever I have um, pod faded. Is that, well, you know, we, we had this, uh, you know, this, um, what do you want to call it? Uh, this drunken stupor during COVID. COVID, right. That's true. That's you know, true. and. Where it was growing and, almost 100,000 shows a month. Where it was just out of control. Right. And all those shows, and again, I don't have a list of the shows that were starting in mm-hmm. February, March of 19 and went through. But I would I would guess a lot of those secondary shows people started. And I just don't, I think we're back on the normal growth track. Now it's it's a little slower now because of the economy and things being tighter, um, but also at the same time, from my perspective, you know, there's 30 podcast hosts out there that are competing for for business, and the um, the simple fact is, you just spread more users. We are migrating a, a huge number of folks to Blueberry that are coming for specific. Uh, features now and you know that was part of my game plan for really the last two years was continue to add features 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 and get to the point where we are feature rich enough that we become you know a a viable migration place you know Mm -hmm. where we and because you know most probably 95 percent of podcasters will never migrate in their Lifetime. They start at Libsyn. They stay at Libsyn. They start right. at Buzzsprout. They'll, they'll never leave Buzzsprout. And so are you seeing that um, there's continued um, substantial growth in the the um, WordPress side of your business with the plugin? The, that's always been a mainstay. Okay. So it's, no, I mean, it's is, it, is the balance of that um, still at, as strong? It's probably, as it it's probably seventy thirty. Okay. You know. 70% of our customers are on WordPress, 30% are on the platform, but it's, it's the features. And I'm not going to talk about the specific features they're coming for because, you know, we'll let the competitors figure that out on their own. Right. Right. Sure. <laughs> so, but you know, it's, it's about features. It's about, you know, making well, the experience. It's the better. differentiations, right? That's mm-hmm. the, that, yeah. that's the key with all these companies. Um, and, you know, I'm not in the hosting business like I was before, but that, you know, trying to say, well, this platform is better than this one. It really gets back to the content creator and what they're trying to accomplish, what their goals right, are. Right. I know I get asked con- continuously, well, I'm doing this show, this type of show, you know, where's the best place for me to go? The you answer know? always is their own dot com. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly true <laughs> from a from an SEO standpoint <laughs> right, and things right. like that. but. But as far as the feature set, pricing, all that stuff of various platforms, um, you know, it can it can vary a lot in the the actual functionality and the, the additional features. You know, I know there's been some announcements of AI kind of integration with some of the podcast hosts over the last few weeks, and and so you can clearly see where that is moving the ball forward with differentiation as well. So, but again, it's it's, it's 
it's it's a feature and right. it depends on how well it's been like you know what Buzzsprout did they integrated with uh, Podimo or whatever the name of the yep. Yep. platform is and so they're reliant on them 100% reliant for them to keep that product viable and uh and not be something that is you know I, I here's my challenge but again I keep saying this Something, if you're going to add a product to your service, it has to be something that's going to be useful for a very long time. And if you do not, with the pace of everything, the way it's moving, you know, you could spend a lot of time and effort and all of a sudden you could end up with a product that is timed out. Right. The service that Buzzsprout integrated with was, uh, it's called Podium. I think Podium. that's the actual yeah. name. It's P-O-D-I-U-M. And it's a, they, this is kind of marketing terminology, but they're a trailblazer and artificial intelligence AI tools for podcasters. So, yeah. And I haven't tested their platform, so I really can't speak to it. Well, Albin posted, and you would expect this from Albin, but he said he tested all of the other AI tool options, and these folks, um, Stood out, um, but I also think that um, I think these folks were one of the few um, of these AI platforms that had active and reliable API connections too. Mm. So that's always a, a right. necessary component if you want to do a partnership like that. So right. I'm not sure that you know other platforms that are doing similar competitive services to what these folks are doing had active APIs. Right, and that that's always an issue is. We've always been uh, API feature rich, so mm-hmm. when people want to integrate with our stats, they can they can pull our stats via API and then, you know, all those types of things. If so, you're a young company, you oftentimes haven't had the the time or the resources to develop. Um, it's it's a, usually, a robust set of APIs. It's usually right. the older companies that don't have it. Because, well, that too. It goes the other way too. Right, right. But well, it depends the younger, on the business model too. Yeah, the, right? the younger companies should have. I guess for better words, they should know. Um, yeah, they should have thought about that, right, as a right. marketing vehicle yeah. for them. It, but, you know, so Podium did it. it so I'm sure Podium is going to be looking to do more deals with more companies. And, yeah. uh, again, it is just a matter of then, you know, feature, feature, feature chase, you know. So I, I've never been one to actually try to chase features. Right. I think that's dumb right. to do that. So we always tried to look at things that were uh, a unique value that would right. help our, you know, that's going to help our our customers on our platform. Well, I think, you know, I think that the integration with this new service, it, it, it's called co-host AI, I guess is what Buzzsprout's calling it. Um, but, you know, you upload your media file and it automatically does all that stuff as part of your, your episode publish workflow. Um, right. So, so there is an advantage there, I think, to some degree, to have that kind of workflow. Uh, it's the same thing. It probably works with their magic mastering that they have too. So the audio file gets processed, and then it by gets, the way, their their magic mastering is alphonic. So just for correct, the, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> they did another API strategic partnership, right? Right, right. Yeah. So so it's it's interesting to see this stuff, and I. I don't know. Was there another platform that did a API integration like that? I'm I don't know. I'm sure everyone's working on something. 
Asha, I think, is doing something too. So that's the company out of France. But um, there was something I was going to say to you, and I can't remember. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you. So, by the way, your experiment failed last week, right? Which experiment was that? Recording the show on your phone. And oh, then, right, right. I think it was just too much data. It couldn't handle too much. Yeah. yeah, you have to do that in segments, I think. Yeah, or just shorter shows. I, I guess I, I haven't tried it with, you know, like a 30-minute show or something like that, which I will. So to see if it works for shorter content. But what they said was it was supposed to work for 90 minutes or 120 minutes or something, and it did it. 110, I think. 110, it, right. yeah, and, and it just absolutely it choked, choked on it. On it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess our it's, content was so in-depth and controversial, it couldn't take it. Well, yeah, controversial. I think it just choked on it. It's what it did. As soon as you told me you got the error message, I was like, oh, that's that's great. That's that. Yeah, I'm that's, sure that worked out well. That's that's not a good sign. So that's where the API integrations come in is where you can actually, you know, you're not doing it on a phone and you're not, you know, and you're yeah. not trying to, you know, it's a more uh, reliable the way jury rig a solution. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So I also saw some numbers too. It said that 50%, I don't, I, I, I have a hard time believing this, but it said 50% of YouTube creators earn more than $500 a month. 50% of the, 50% of those YouTube, that okay, well, all it says is YouTube creators earn of those more that than are, of those that are monetized. Right, I'm sure that's true. Yeah, claims right. a new survey, but uh, I guess a person posts the. Uh, um, I, I guess people are continuing to be revoked in their monetization. Um, right, all the right. time. Right, say one thing wrong, and the YouTube uh, gods will take taketh away. Take it, well, they figure that the you know it's been evaluated and it's not a. Uh, channel that uh, they're going to be able to sell advertising to. So why have it as an advertising enabled platform? Well, right? I, I think I mean, we I talked think. about this moderation issue, right? Um, that could be what happens to podcasts in the future too. God right? forbid. Right. So I think the technology is wanting to join us over here in the podcasting space to have deeper moderation. So I guess it's up to the industry to decide how much we want to embrace um, brand suitability and brand safety. Um, is it going to be pervasive in the industry or is, is this what we want? I think is, well, that'll be part of the closed podcasting ecosystem that's pervasive and moderating. That'll be part of the closed podcasting. Yeah. I Those, mean, yeah. Those listening platforms that want to embrace that, right? It won't be part of the open podcasting ecosphere. Yep. So we have a brewing um, conflict coming. Well, I don't think there's any conflict. I think there is just education. Well, there's those that that want that moderation being termed as brand safety for advertising. It's coming into the medium through the advertising pathway. Um, the question gets back to is once it gets in, is it going to expand? Right. Well, with more on, than on certain platforms, with at least seventy-five percent of shows in existence today that don't do any monetization, it doesn't matter to them at all. Yeah. Right. 
So but, I, you know, I think it's at some point, it, some of this becomes a little mute point. Um, but that's one of the downsides of going, you know, this industry moving more towards a proprietary based approach. But, but, to, but Rob, the listening. industry is not moving towards a proprietary based based. Well, that's good. That's a good, yeah. it is, good. it is certain companies moving toward a closed proprietary ecosystem. Well, we do have those in this medium. Yeah, um, we do. So yeah. those, and, and those people should, there should be a list made of who's doing this type of activity. So content creators can know and understand uh, that, uh, you know, their, their content is, especially if it, if they're being monetized is, is subject to the scrutiny. They should know that. Right. And if they don't, I, I can't imagine anyone that's being monetized doesn't know that the, if, if their content is being scrutinized this way. Well, yeah, I think that's, that's a bigger question. I know that those companies are actively involved in the monetization um, conferences and things like that, like the IEB. Um, they're actively involved in sponsoring and being involved in, in those, those um, opportunities to come into the medium through the advertising channel. And, and that's, um, but, but you, yeah. there are some, there are some longstanding companies in the podcasting space that are doing none of this. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of the newcomers that are part it's of the still clo- early. It's still it's early part, for this. Well, it's right. part of this. Again, it's part of the closed ecosystem. Mm-hmm. You know, those that are closed, that are not open are doing these types of, in my opinion, nefarious activities and people will, will, will probably cringe when I say that, but you know, I, I get five calls a week for companies that want to help us with content moderation. I keep telling them we don't have any content moderation. We don't do content moderation. Right. I have a no well, you're going to lose your, your safe Harbor if you do it too. Right. That, that, and, that's and the other it, thing. It blows them away. What do you mean you didn't do content moderation? No, we don't do content moderation. Because once you enable that in your platform, you've basically walked away from was it section two thirty, right of the of the um, of the legal code around um, yep. being a, a platform for just discovery of content. You're not responsible for what the content is. So once you start getting in there and doing like what YouTube is doing, uh, YouTube is not considered a safe harbor for New. content. So. They've lost no, but, Well, they may claim they have it, but they still moderate heavily. Well, uh, they, Spotify moderates heavily. I, I get the reports of their moderation. But are they moderating based on topics or are they moderating based on copyright? Episode content. So they are hit, hitting down the moderation path. Absolutely. I see it. I, I see reports all the time. If you say certain... It's usually a certain genre of content mm-hmm. that gets it's considered unsafe to advertisers. So. Well, no, it's considered unsafe for their platform. They're not even; these aren't even shows that are monetized. These are shows that they are removing, that they are doing censoring on, because of whatever reason, whatever they deemed, it deemed they violated their terms of service, deemed that's uh, unacceptable content. 
Well, that's an interesting question, Todd. I mean, it would be interesting to go look at um, some of these companies that are doing this to look at their terms of service to see if they've modified those and just not let anybody know. Well, I don't think anybody's ever read 800 pages of the legalese over there. So, and I have really, really tiny characters too. They always reserve the right to remove content. That's always a clause. That's a clause on my terms of service too. Right. You know, you do such and such, you're going to, you know, you're no longer going to be a customer of mine. So they, they all have that in there. They have a, they have the right to remove content. So it's just the content that they, what they deem from time to time, it blows me away. I just, I see it come in and then the podcasters, well, my episodes don't. So sometimes they only take down an episode. Sometimes they take down a whole show. So right. the podcaster comes, how come my episode's not on Spotify? I'm like, well, we sent you the report of why it was removed. Yeah. And the minimalistic reason we are given. So. Yeah. I have a dedicated spreadsheet that they have shared with me that is, you know, has tabs in it of every month and the stuff that they've removed and, and, you know, that they don't want on the platform. So and these are shows are not being monetized. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting on that side. And, and, but from that standpoint, they're the only ones that report anything. I don't get anything from anyone else. I don't mm-hmm. hear, of course, I don't hear if some, the only reason I find out if something's been removed, if, if a customer comes to, Hey, I'm not over on such and such. And most podcasters are not checking these platforms to make sure all their episodes are there. The show's over there. They say, oh, my show's over there. I'm good. They don't go over there and look. And neither do I. I don't have time to go look at each platform to see if all my episodes have have made it over there, have been syndicated over there. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, these platforms are already moderating content. Right. Yeah. And so... So I don't know if you saw the um, the the XX, the Sirius XM media survey that was done um, about growing up with podcasts, the Gen Z podcast listener report. I don't know if you saw this or not. No, I did not. So they're 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 saying Gen Z is flocking to podcasts. So it says. Forty-seven percent of um, of Americans thirteen to twenty-four have listened to a podcast in the last month, and and it says increase in thirteen to twenty-four listenership in the last five years is fifty-seven percent. So we've hmm. seen a big uptick in the amount of Gen Z folks. These are folks uh, between the ages of thirteen and twenty-four. Um, are listening to podcasts, and I guess back in 2018, only 28 percent. Um, so, what are they listening to? Uh, let's see. Does it? Uh, it says, well, it runs through listeners at a glance. Um, women, 46 percent. One in five are Hispanic and Latino, and 15 percent are black. Um, Black Americans and four percent are Asian Americans. So it says engagement is off the charts. Okay, so okay, that's that's all buzz buzzwords. So what yeah, are is. they engaging on? Do they say? 
Um, I haven't come across that yet. Say, okay, here it is. Gen Z's monthly podcast listener content snapshot. So the top genres mm. for for Gen Z is comedy. Uh, number two is the entertainment and celebrity content. And number three is true crime. Number four is music. So I'm not really sure music and podcasting kind of don't go together that well. But I guess on some platforms they do, um, like Spotify. And then number five is games and hobbies. As far as genres, the top format is real life stories. Um, so more reality based storytelling, I guess. Kind of and makes then, sense. And then number two would be banter and conversation, which has always been a big part of podcasting. And the f- the format is um, you know regular episodes. And the number four is the interview. Um, and then n- number five is bingeable shows. Mm. So this concept of uploading a bunch of episodes and which has been going on at Netflix for a long time is a big trend in the media in- industry. Is you know this this um, cadence of publishing weekly, um, at least on the video side, has been drifting away um, as mainstream media is drifting away. So so when Netflix puts up a new series. They put up all the episodes at once. So, well, one thing that we can be assured is there is a very, very small subset of podcasters that are making bingeable, releasing eight, nine, ten episodes at once. There's not a lot of podcasters doing that. I mean, it's a tiny, tiny amount. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I agree. It's not that um, that that big of an activity. Matter of fact, right. on our platform, I know who they are. Because um, if my sport team does, because they say, hey, we've got uh, 12 episodes we're going to upload. We're not going to have enough storage. Can you extend our storage? Because we don't do anything the other five months. So we know who we know who those customers are. And um, it's a very, very, very tiny percentage of shows. I would imagine most of that bingeable content is coming out of companies that, you know, just laid off 200 people like Gimlet. Right. They're doing those types of, you know, documentaries or whatever it may be. Um, I've never considered making a bingeable listening. Oh, hopefully you don't crash this time, Rob. Uh, yeah. <laughs> never made a bingeable podcast. Yes. Yeah, so I wanted to share this, uh, this social media um, in podcast um, with the Gen Z and it, it, it has some, some percentages of, of the Gen Z um, on, uh, on their listenership and how they're discovering shows on, on social. And it looks like um, Gen Z is discovering on YouTube, 84%. And on, um, on TikTok, it looks like 80% on Instagram, 71% and Facebook 55 and Twitter 55. Hmm. So this kind of, kind of feeds into the, the, topic of uh, the importance, the growing importance with the younger generation of YouTube. So, and it, it says here, turning to podcasts for big issues. So the big issue, uh, it says six and 10 are, are tuned into podcasts to keep up with latest social issues. Number one is social justice. 
Number two is the economy. And number three is gun laws. Uh, Number four is mental health. Uh, Number five is reproductive rights and climate change. Those Mm. are the the big issues. Uh, And on the mental health side, uh, it says here, um, over eight and 10 listen to podcasts while doing nothing else. It says 80% listen to relax. And two and three listen to escape. That's interesting. Escape. Escape from from reality, reality, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. And then um, on a trend with um, ad reception, I guess, which is kind of an interesting way of describing this. uh, It says the Gen Z monthly podcast listener to open to ads and making purchases, ad types they find useful. 84% host discuss products and services. Well, that's not a huge surprise. Um, And then 80% sponsorship messages, 76% recorded messages. Uh, It says after hearing an ad, 43% have purchased a product. um, And 44% have asked someone to purchase a product. That was for folks 13 to 17. So they have some age age range. Yeah, they said age group. Which I find kind of funny because, you know, why did they change that age? Well, because they didn't want to say that uh, these teenagers were buying stuff on their own. They had to have a separate category there. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But I think it's interesting that the Gen Z population values host read ads. I don't think, I think everyone does. Right. Right. So that's the future, right? The pre-recorded stuff is still pretty high, seventy-six yeah. percent. So, so I guess it's safe to say that the path that we're on is um, is okay. So, anyway, well, if, 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 if you're if you're an advertising, you know, if you're if you have a show that's getting advertising, you right. know, again, they don't talk about the shows and the engagement that don't have advertising, right. That's true. That's that's very very true, Todd. So so anyway, um, wanted to let's see what what else do we want to talk about? Um, oh, the top ten podcasts reach a third of all listeners. Did you see yeah. this? Okay, whatever. I know it's like you know, yeah, it's the old trend of the big get big and. And I think in we're the, in, in the small get small screwed. get struggling right so yeah so it said um, so the quote here is want to reach a third of all podcast listeners just advertise on the top ten podcasts it says the Edison podcast metrics the data highlights um, how big the most listened to podcasts are for you know if you want to get the top fifty. Um, I don't know what the breakdown of the top 50 is, but. Um, well, I'd, li- I'd like to know percentage. what type and you know, if you look at uh, uh, PodTrax numbers, yeah. you can never really see who the biggest show is. It's a mm. network. It's not a show. They never show I you who. They were tracking. I thought they, they were tracking the show. They have some shows, but most of their mm-hmm. data is on networks. So, you know, they never, they never really break it down. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and what, what, what is a biggest show in podcasting doing these days, numbers wise? 
that would mean that someone had to, there would have to be shows that would be reaching 50, 40, 50 million people. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I would be sh- shocked if there was people, if there was hey, Joe Rogan, how many, how many shows, how many people they say he was reaching in, in his show? I haven't heard any recent numbers and I haven't heard uh, whether Spotify has put up any updates on that. So that's a, that's, that's a very good question. You know, there's, there's increasingly, you know, some of the large shows are actually conservative shows, which is very interesting to me because I, I know in the early days of podcasting, um, politics wasn't really a big genre, you know, and and, it always leaned left. Yeah. It mostly always leaned left, right. There's a, a matter of fact, if you, because I tried to do a little bit of a, a small, like it wasn't super scientific. It was just like maybe looking at 250 shows and being, being able to determine it was just kind of this random sample of where they left or where they're right. And, it, and if I remember correctly, when I did that, it was always the shows leaned more left than right. Right. And uh, so I, for whatever reason that might be. Yeah. And I think if I think back to the earlier days of the, of, of the medium, the, the conservative talk programs tended to be stronger on the radio than they were in podcast. Yeah, they did not. I don't think there was very many conservative shows, talk shows per se in podcasting mm-hmm. up until a few years ago. Now the daily wire changed all that. Mm-hmm. Is that the right one? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the right network. It's one of the big ones, right? Yeah. I and mean, there's other shows like the Dan Bongino show and, things like that that have kind of taken Rush Limbaugh's role mm-hmm. in, the, in the radio but, space. But Rush radio never really, team. Rush never really had a podcast though. He was more, uh, he had a, if he did, it was, it was private. It was a, you know, you had to, it was a paid model. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a paid model. Right. Right. But we are seeing, you know, growth in, you know, some of these big talkers moving to, Online, you know, like uh, Tucker Carlson or whatever. He's he's a very interesting example of that. Um, and I think we're going to see others follow in his lead, given that he had in his first episode, he had over 60 million views of his video on Twitter. I mean, so I mean, is he I think getting he was getting like that? 3 million on Fox. I have no idea yeah. what he was getting there. I think it was more than that, but still it's. Yeah, but it, he 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 had the number one program on Fox for a while, didn't he? Yeah, it doesn't speak well for cable television, does it? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think he getting... was, I think I think he was the biggest on. I think he, he was had the well, number well, one show yeah. on on all networks. Yeah. With about three and a half million, was the biggest show on cable news. So that tells you something there. Yeah, go for three million to sixty million just by changing your your publishing platform is. Remarkable. You know, I, it's, it's for me, I, I can barely, I can barely watch any mainstream media anymore. I mean, I start getting apprehensive still to this day. I just don't, it's the same old doom and gloom, same old stuff, same old politics, same old junk, you know? Yeah. And can you, can you trust it? That That's the other thing. Is it all just propaganda? government propaganda or corporate propaganda. I mean, we just, you know, it's hard to know, right? You must be able to, Rob, I think you, have you started listening to the no agenda show? Uh, I 
listen to it on, on occasion, but I, I've got my own thoughts on this based on what I see in the world. So I know, but there's there's some zingers out there. There's some stuff out there that's reported on that if you really don't analyze what is being said. You're kind of like, hmm, where did that come from? Well, that's yeah. certainly true. Or you hear these montages of uh, every station, every mainstream media person saying the same phrase. Right. It's always the, funny the see, exact, yeah, seeing those, right? We're, the exact same the phrase. exact same words. Again, right. and, and so, oh, so, so the, either Republicans or the Democrats sent the talking points over, and here's what you're to say. <laughs> Talk about if you don't say the, the right thing, you're obviously not part of the memo distribution that, uh, that's platform. Right. right. And, you know, it's spread far <laughs> and wide. the memo. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny, though. It's because I've, I've always told my, t- my writing team at GNC, I've always told them, do not ever... You can use a quote from a press release, but do not do verbatim. Please read the press release. Do your own research and then write the article. Um, Don't ever regurgitate the talking points in a press release unless it's. And and if you do, make sure you quote it so that you know it's a quote from the press release and. um, You can separate yourself from it. Right. Right. (laughs) Because if it's wrong, you could get called out for it in the future, right? So it's it's like one of those things where you're you're always uh, you know always trying to look at things from you know okay how are they because companies you know we're all guilty of this companies want to set set a certain message right. they want to set a certain tone and they want that to be conveyed exactly like it's being put out no. and I often get really irritated. Uh, and I don't have my, well, maybe I do have my button here. Let's see if I have it. Um, I get really irritated. Don't eat me, James Cridland. When sometimes I'll send something over to James and then he'll take like three words <laughs> from what I sent him over. And I'm like, James, you, you missed the key point. He missed the key point of what he I took what, what he wanted out. He did what he wanted. He took just right. a, just a, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, fuck, you know, I just like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I think we need to get James back on again. So, you know, so it's, you know, and so I'm sometimes delivering that message and then I'm like, I didn't get what I wanted out of that from a, from a bump standpoint. Yeah. So I guess, uh, James is up in Toronto right now at the the North America Radio Days. Um, so there's a few folks from the podcast industry up there speaking at that event. I didn't I didn't venture up there, but um, that's going on. I, I think today well, actually. So so are you being affected in your area with all this smog and folk? Uh, oh, smoke! Uh, yeah, smoke? It, yeah, from the 150 Canadian wildfires. Yeah, really? Oh, yeah. It's, I heard they shut down JFK and stuff today. I heard it got so bad they did a ground stop on airline traffic. Oh, really? I hadn't heard that. But and it's you know, yeah, I know. So, I went out and got a got a new air filter for my air conditioning system. Wow, that was specifically. I've done that when I used to live out in Seattle too, because sure. S- Seattle would have a bunch of um, wildfires up in Canada and. I'm just a little perplexed why the the fires are always happening up in Canada. I wonder what's going on with that. <laughs> well, they happen in California too because they don't burn they do. anymore. Right. 
and they happen, they happen out West and they, you know, we have fires all over the United States all the time. It's amazing. Thing. That they're always the worst up in Canada though, for some but reason, lightning strikes the ground, right? A tree or something, or someone throws out a cigarette or whatever. Right. And guess what? Next thing you knew, you, you get 80,000 acres on fire. So well, from what I've heard that um, 9 million square, um, 9 million square miles or acres have actually been affected by this up in wow. Canada. That's so big. It's huge. So they must be super, super dry up there right now then. I guess. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, but it, I know that, Everybody's staying inside now, and I noticed in New York City they're back to wearing masks again. <laughs> well, when you have when you, I would think probably an appropriate time to actually wear a mask. Well, there you go. Well, that that's you know <laughs> what is the appropriate time, right? It's not a political debate. It's like it's not healthy to breathe uh, wood smoke. <laughs> you you kinda, know, kind of what it is when you're walking around in New York you are exposed to more nasty smells and coming from cars. Are they worried about, they're worried about a little smoke, a little smoke. (laughs) Todd, it turns the sun red. Right. I know. I know. I know. It's, it's more than a little smoke, but well, you know, but still, you know, cars and turns the skyline purple too, or blue or whatever, (laughs) you know, what it is from exhaust. So, Right. right. Yeah. So, Anyway, so so anything else uh, going on with you? Well, yeah, I'll be back. Well, actually, next week um, I'm going to be in Columbus, and uh, my team is all flying in. So mm-hmm. we'll uh, we're, we're convening for our last hurrah at our office. Uh, this will be the last time we do a team meeting, at least in the office we're in now, because our lease is up in the end of July. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're shutting down our 6,000 square foot office in uh, Columbus, uh, largely because everyone's remote. We've been remote. We've stayed remote. And uh, people have moved around from the pandemic and we really don't need the seat. So if you're in the Columbus area and you would like a stand up desk, a really nice one, mm-hmm. um, we we do have a couple for sale. We've got uh we're going to be doing a liquidation of whatever we can sell before our lease is up at the end of July. And the rest of it will sadly probably go into storage. So, and I've been very adamant that I want uh, um, climate controlled storage because the mistake people do when they put uh, nice equipment into storage units that aren't climate controlled within about three, four, five months, all of a sudden because of the heat, Everything starts getting gunky, mm-hmm. and you might just throw it in the trash. So uh, right. we're gonna we're gonna be put stuff in climate controlled storage, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to sell a bunch of stuff before we, uh, we close the office. But you know it's kind of crazy. I I think we spent seventy maybe seventy five grand on on office furniture, and mm-hmm. uh, got two three years worth of use out of it, and then the pandemic hit and. It's really, it's one of those things where you're like, well, that was dumb. Um, but at the time, it was just the way we were operating. And uh, so we got TVs, we've got nice chairs. So again, if you're in the, if you're in the, <laughs> so reach out to Todd. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll, we'll be, we'll probably be putting stuff up on Facebook Marketplace. So, uh, got it. 
So I wanted to say, if you're watching this and you want to throw a, a comment um, in whatever platform that you're listening on, I can actually see those comments and I can put them up on the screen and and we can answer your question. So f- feel free to to post a, a question um, in the in the kind of chat area of whatever platform that you're listening for. I'm not sure if all the platforms are supporting this this uh, this process, but uh, you know, post a comment or a question and we'd be happy to talk about it in the last few minutes of the show. So, so, uh, very quiet over on our Facebook page. Um, and I think, I don't know why it's, but, uh, so yeah, no, no comments on, on Facebook so far, but, uh, what is this? Facebook's trying to get me to create an avatar. Is this something new? Facebook avatar. Yeah, it says create with avatar. I don't need an avatar. Ah, Lou wrote us. Oh, there we go. Oh, he said, hey, fellas. Lou wrote us. Hey, Lou. There's a name. There's an OG right there. Yeah, Yeah, he's been doing podcasts about Disney forever. (laughs) Lou. One thing's for sure. He's got a lot to talk about recently with all the, uh, the drama. Right. Yeah, with true. Disney. Yeah. But, um, but I, tell, I tell you, the um, one thing that I've, because uh, I've been remote away from the studio for almost a month now, and uh, you uh, you appreciate, um, you learn to appreciate good bandwidth, and uh, you have, uh, but you can, you can really do this with a minimalistic System. I only came with a my roadcaster, mm-hmm. my MacBook, and one PC. And really, the only reason I came with the PC is it I had it set up to do the streaming. And now hindsight's twenty twenty. I probably could have just done it with a MacBook, but oh. uh, two computers, a roadcaster, a boom mic, um, and that's a lot uh, to pack on an air on, on an airplane. Isn't not it? bad, actually. You know, it, it, it packs up pretty. It's, it all fits into one tiny suitcase. So, uh, and just well, one check boom, your boom the, arm. Too, yeah. Right? It, it fits right into a, one of those small carry on oh, type of, but I check it and it, it did fine, but, um, yeah, very, very minimalistic. Now, if one cable went bad, we would be in trouble, but, uh, I've been very, very careful here, but yeah, back in the studio, actually, like I said, we'll be in the, I'll be in Columbus next week, but after that, we'll be back, back live in, uh, the palatial new media production studio. So it's like, uh, Mike, Mike Dell wrote us. I did a boostergram. Thank you, Mike. Oh, oh, he did. So let me, let me go look. I'm not hearing the boost come through for some reason. And, uh, well, where, how come that didn't update? Let me refresh the page. Oh, live boost. Go podcasting a three, three, three boost. So a thirty three thirty three boost. So thanks Mike for the, yeah. for the boost. Yeah. Thanks Mike. And then, uh, Lou wrote, well, I don't know, through uh, three old school podcasters get into a room, right? All right. <laughs> well, and you, you got to include uh, Mike Dell in that one too, right? So there's four. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But to, be, but to be honest with you, Rob, it's just for me, it's been very, very productive. I've been able to really, really hone down and concentrate. And uh, so it, it's been it's been nice. So we'll see what happens when we get back in the back in the uh back in michigan and uh, back in the back in the studio 
So Todd, as you think about, you know, like the next couple of years or whatever, what, I mean, what, what do you think of the role of, of kind of OG podcasters like, like ours have in this medium? What, what kind of a, a role do you see us or is there going to be a whole new generation of, of folks that are going to kind of take over for us or from us ultimately? What do you think? Well, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see because most of them don't last long enough to take over for us. You know, most, most of them haven't been around long enough or, or they, they, they time out, you know, they don't stay with the industry long enough. Um, you know, therein lies the challenge is, you know, you look at Mike, Mike's been in the space, you know, just about as long as the rest of us have and Lou as well. And, you know, there's not a lot of people that can say they've been, especially works directly in the industry right, on a day-to-day basis that, that stay in the same place for, you know, you, you look at you, Rob, you've bounced around, you know, oh, yeah. six, seven different jobs. Yeah. So, you know, but I don't think there's yeah, a but lot. I was of, doing that before I started getting into podcasting. I, so, <laughs> yeah. but I don't think there's a lot of people that stay in the space yeah. for many, many years. So yeah, I started wor- working in the online media space in 1999. So it isn't like I've, I'm a Johnny come lately. It's just right, right. for a variety of, of companies in the space and that's going to continue. I'm going to like, I'm working with Streamyard now. And, and so there's going to be probably a couple other companies that I'm going to, going to align with in my efforts. So, but the, in, in part of the challenge is the ongoing challenge then would be is at least for me that the, the, the thought process is okay. Um, who is going to stay in the industry long enough to basically, you know, step into any type of leadership shoes when it comes to educating and fighting for the space and doing everything else that is needed on an ongoing basis and not be willing to roll over to the closed ecosystem or be part of the closed ecosystem, promoting the closed ecosystem. Yeah. I do think that, you know, I can think of a, a few folks that are stepping up like a, like an aerial uh, Nissenblatt is right. one that's really kind of stepped up and becoming an influencer in the podcasting space. And she's part of that kind of younger generation that's coming sure. up. And, and I do think that she tends to embrace these new ideas in the podcasting space increasingly, but we're oftentimes a little skeptical of and feel like it's, it's still early. And, but, you know, I, I also you know, AI is going to dramatically change things. So we're going to see a different landscape as you look to the future. And I just wonder, you know, there are signs of um, other folks that are going to step up and be leaders in this medium going, going forward. It's, but I, I agree with you, Todd. I, I think um, it's different now. It's not. I'll, I'll take a little exception to AI changing podcasting. Well, AI is going to maybe change. It's going to change production, some right? But it's not going to change. The person still has to have an engaging voice. Still has to be able to engage an audience, ask questions, talk without stumbling completely over themselves, like I do all the time. They're ha- they're going to have to have. They're still going to have to be a voice talent. They're still going to have to be a podcaster. No AI is going to take over the new media show. 
no AI is going to take over the Geek News Central show where someone is going to listen and thinking that they're, if they think they're listening to a bot, there's no, there's no, there's no warmth in that. There's no humanity. It's right. just being dribbled to you. So mm-hmm. I still think from a entertainment standpoint, you're still going to have to have a voice. You're still going to have to interject. You're going to have to be a human, human emotion, all the things that go along with it. And if we get to the point where bots are creating podcast content, it's going to be a very, very sad day. And uh, and maybe people are going to experiment with putting that type yeah, of content I, out. I think I it's hope, already being done. I think it's well, already being done. Well, I hope people do not embrace that content. If they embrace that content, then we're doomed. We are well, it's, doomed. It, it's it's novelty con, um, content right now, right? It's kind of like, oh, this was created by AI. Yeah. I'm going to listen to it, but are they going to engage with it? On How can you engage long, with it? It's a language long-term model. basis. It's not you a, don't engage with it. It's a language model. It's not, it's, it doesn't have human characteristics. It doesn't have, it doesn't have a, it hasn't come to life. It hasn't, it could. has it the could. Turing test. No, 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 no. Well, there's many in the industry that, that think that we have reached a Turing point. Um, with, oh, I don't know about that. With some of these tools, there's, there, there's stealth AI tools out there that aren't, aren't public that are much better than chat, chat GPT from what I've heard. Um, so they're, they're, they're stealth projects is what they are. And well, those are the projects that, you, that we all have to be a little bit worried about. Well, again, when it comes to human, to human interactivity, mm-hmm. I don't care. It, the day a bot replaces my voice, I'll retire. I'll just be done. You know, I'm not, I'm, and if, if people are too. That's what Descript is trying to do, right? You can create your your voice clone over there on well, the platform. They have, they have hopefully the overdub that is being used as an overdub to to edit, not necessarily to create a whole line of content. Um, I think it's going to be used that way. I think the first part or the first place it's going to be used is around translation into multiple languages. So you'll I take say, I, the I, I, English I, version, put it into the system, create a transcript, and then create derivative multi-language content out of that transcript. But I think what's going to happen is, is that that will be less than perfect for a very, yeah. very long time. I would tend to agree with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you I look don't at know the if I, highest I percentage of accuracy, it's usually like what? 93, 94%. Well, if you give it a very accurate transcript, it'll create a, well, again, any type of translation software, I don't care what you use. Um, it doesn't get it right. Maybe maybe fifty percent of the time it gets the, the yeah, so what you're going to have correct. to do is you're going to have to you know create the episode and then run it through the transcription service and then you're going to have to have a human editor review it, edit it before you take it to tr- translating into a another human's mm-hmm. voice. It could be the same host voice that translates it into various languages. Ninety-seven percent of podcasters. We'll never do this because they can't afford it. They don't have the time. They don't have the time to make social posts. So come on. Yeah. I I think we're getting ahead of ourselves just a little bit on this. We'll see where this leads. You know, I understand from a, a, you know, I know a lot of people that do copy editing, you know, they should be shivering in their boots. Um, 
from a jobs perspective because I hear that industry is just getting decimated. Copy uh, editing, you mean? Copy editing, people that are doing short short stories, bloggers, uh, paid writers. Paid, those paid folks writers, are right. getting getting decimated currently. Um, well, because that's, bringing, that's why we have a writer strike going on right now, probably. <laughs> well, I think what it is is ultimately because it's a language model. Those folks are going to be affected the most first, and then other right. industries down the road. I still but, think that there's there's folks out there that think that the the writer strike is having a big impact on podcasting, and I I tend to think what? that that's not the case. <laughs> I mean. There's a certain wow. subset of the industry that's affected by that, but they're they're usually high production um, shows, right? That are that hire writers, right? Higher, high More production shows. scripted shows that I have absolutely no desire to listen to because there's n- very little humanity, and it's just someone reading a script, and anyone right. can do that. It's like TV content or so, or movies or that kind of stuff. True. Right. Yep. But so, again, but, 97, 98% of podcasters will never have the budget to have a screenwriter writing for them. Yeah. It's just a fact. True. This is still an indie organ. This is still an indie space. Yeah. With a, with a, you know, the segment of commerciality that's closed. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm still kind of wrestling with the concept of how much do I embrace this AI stuff or how much do I shun it because it's going to potentially make um, changes to the, to the industry. Just like with what's happening with YouTube are, are we thinking we're progressive or we're advancing the medium while at the same time undermining it at the same time. So here's what else. Here's my, here's my thought process. You and I record for the audience. Everyone records for the audience. What we do with the metadata is for Google. Right. So the AI piece is going to help improve the metadata that Google gets that it can chew on. That's, that's the vast, that's the majority of the improvement. And it's going to maybe help people that are less creative, create maybe more creative episode titles. Maybe create a little yeah. richer, deeper show notes. Or don't have time to do there's, it. There's some stuff here that's, and there's right. going to be some stuff that's going to come that's going to give an average podcaster a little additional advantage in, in putting out, uh, you know, maybe chapter markers and that kind of stuff. So so are you going to start doing that with this show to some degree? Um, or what's your thoughts on on that? I'm thinking about doing it for the other shows that I'm I'm involved. Well, in. I, you know, first of all, I, I use in, in order to take the transcript from this show, I have to and ingest it into any of these platforms. I have to have a an API access to do that because I can't just shove an hour and a half worth of transcript into the thing because it won't take it. Oh, it, it won't, won't take, take it. It won't take it because it's beyond the character limit. You, that's why you have to have the API access to do it. That's why the well, thought- integrations. Didn't didn't doesn't Blueberry support transcripts? I thought you guys did. That. We do, we do. But you take a transcript then and have you have to take that if you take that raw transcript without mm-hmm. an AI, without a, a podium or cap show or medium, right. and you shove that into Chat GPT, it says too many characters. 
you oh, have to. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. I gotcha. Right. Yep. Okay. And it's a yeah. pain in the butt, and so it adds just a whole bunch of more time. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm getting free access to Capture, so I'll be able. I mean, I could, I could process it in Capture if we yeah, want I, to. I, and, and the thing is, I've been running this show through Medium, and again, okay. the results I get are from a titling and from a show notes description is less than optimal. Not what um, you. You not want what I would is, not what not what I would type. Uh, yeah, that's always the key question, right? Is it is it better than what the podcaster would write, or is it lesser than? If it's too generic mm-hmm. and not precise enough, um, it's it it's just easy, it's just easier for me to handwrite it myself without going through this extra minutia. Yeah, because as far as I know, the AI isn't technical enough to evaluate popularity of keywords, right? As a as an evaluational filter, right? Right. right. But but for G, for Geek New Central, it's become part of my workflow because I, I the show notes are a different animal and how I produce those over there. Right. So this show, I just have to see how it works. Have to figure it out. Have to figure out a workflow. Yes. Yeah, so- I wonder how you create a standard output um, through chat GPT through this, uh, as far as on show notes and stuff like that. You know, I was talking to the CEO of cap show and asking her about some of those questions too, around, you know, standard format, or is there the ability to create unique formats of the, of the show notes, right? Or is it a standard output, right? That has the certain structure to it. The contents may vary based on the, I, again, I, I think with file. this long-form content like this, I think the model has a hard time with it. I think it has a very, very hard time with this depth of data to create right. a... Well, it's like it crashed the chat GPT right. app. I right. think it has a hard time creating a good summary. Right. I think shorter yeah. shows will do better with some of this. It's more tight than where the content's more tight. Yeah, I didn't try and do it um, for this this week's episode. I probably should have tried again to see if I could get it to work. But um, yeah, well, I well, get back well, in the studio. I'll be playing around with it and see if I right. Can. So we're we're not doing a show next week. No correct? show next week, and then we'll be okay. back on schedule. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we're at the end of the. Oh yes, we are. We're at the ninety end. minutes. We made it. Yes, we did. <laughs> So anyway, I hope we didn't bore you to death. Right. Yeah, and we didn't go too far down the AI rabbit hole. Until well, I end. think we, we definitely went down the AI rabbit hole. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I'm Todd at blueberry.com at geek news on Twitter. Um, I'm at uh, Rob Greenley on Twitter as well. And I have a website, robgreenley.com and uh, you can check out my, my new show. Um, that is Trust Factor, uh, and that's on the 100tvnetwork.com. Um, so you can check that out. You can send me an email if you want, rob.greenly at gmail.com, and I'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to get over to newmediashow.com and follow or subscribe to the podcast. We are also on Twitter at, at @nmspodcast. And we're basically everywhere podcasts can be consumed. I think we're on like 20 different locations right now with this live stream. So yeah, it's on all, all my personal profiles as well. So, so. okay, everyone. Thanks for being here and uh, we'll see you in two weeks.
Okay. All right, right. Todd. Take care. Thanks. Great show, Todd. Thanks. Thank you, too. Thanks for joining us.